Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, message titled, Losing Jesus. Ooh, never a good thing, right? To lose Jesus. How do I know if I've lost my first love? It's pretty easy. I love God as much as I love people. And if I'm irritated and hateful towards people, that means that I probably am not in love with Jesus the way that I need to be. If I'm starting to get cynical and irritated and angry, then I realize I've lost something and I need to get back there. Malachi chapter 3 kind of gives us an interesting insight into this. Notice in verse 47 it says, And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. This should have made them wonder. Back to Malachi chapter 3. But you know, all these people who were there in the temple, all the leaders and everybody, as they're listening to this, this boy begin to say these incredible things, it should have reminded them of this verse in Malachi 3, 1, where it says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Now, of course, I think that this is probably specifically referring to Jesus in his ministry of coming to the temple to cleanse it, you know, turning over tables and stuff. That's how he started his ministry, way to win friends and influence people, right? Comes in, clears the place out, declares, this is my father's house. This is a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. And, and then, of course, when he came into Jerusalem on a, on, a, on a donkey at the end of his ministry, I think that was another occasion where this parallels what, what Malachi is telling us. When he comes into Jerusalem riding on a donkey and he proclaims himself to be a Messiah and then goes in the temple, guess what he does again at the end of his ministry? He cleans that place out again, this time with a rope of cords. You know, and I, I think that those things are stark examples of him coming suddenly to his temple, but, but these are foreshadowings. Not just this, but him coming as they would bring him on that 40th day after his circumcision, and after, after his birth and his circumcision, they'd bring him on that 40th day for his dedication, and then Simeon would speak those words. You'd think that people would start to take note. And then at 12 years old, again, who was there? Caiaphas, Annas, Nicodemus, Gamaliel? Some of these well-known people that we read about in the, in the New Testament that would have been there listening to this 12-year-old boy giving this testimony. I believe that Jesus does this. He foreshadows himself. He speaks into every single life. Not just these guys giving them a hint and a glimpse of what's to come, but to you and me. He speaks to us. He reveals himself to us. And he does that for every single person who is ever born. It doesn't matter where you are, dark Africa, in the middle of a jungle somewhere, out on an island in some place. In fact, the Bible tells us that this is the case. In, in John chapter 1, verse 9 through 12, it says, speaking of Jesus, it calls him the true light, which gives 
light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. Jesus is that light that shines into every single man who comes into the world. What about the people that that nobody goes to, that nobody has been to, to tell them about Jesus? This light still shines on them. Now, certainly we have more light than they do because we have radio broadcasts and TV programs and Bibles on on every shelf and in every store. We have street evangelists and we, we have all these things that are constantly holding us accountable but in those cases, how does that work? Well, in history, if you, if you know anything about the history of missions, usually God in some way has revealed himself to that tribe and just nobody for millennia cares. They don't want to hear it. They know about the great flood. They know that they no longer follow the true and living God. A lot of them, they, they know that. And they realize that they've been deceived and led astray, but they're just caught in their bondage and nobody really cares. But when somebody starts to care, this is the amazing thing. When somebody starts to care, some miracle will take place and God will send a missionary to that place and those people will get saved. Or he will lead those people out and bring them to missionaries to be saved. And there's lots of examples of that. If you're interested in that subject, eternity in their hearts by by Don Richardson, it covers it extensively, but it's amazing how God will reach people. He's the light that shines into every man that comes into the world. It's just that, as it tells us in John chapter 3, men love darkness rather than light. Do we love the darkness rather than the light? Or are we following the light? That's, that's what we're getting out of this. Verse 48, it says, So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Again, I just really feel bad for Mary in this scene because she had to be worried sick. And she finds Jesus, here he is, and she can't make a scene or, or take him out because the, the rabbis are there, you know, it's, it would be wrong. And this wouldn't be the last time that Jesus would disappoint her or do something contrary to what she expected. You know, Jesus doesn't always meet our expectations. He always fulfills his purpose. And his purpose is always better than what we expect. Verse 49, it says, And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? This is interesting, because she said, your father and I have sought you diligently. And then he says, but I must be about my father's business. This is the problem with step families. It's so complicated. (laughs) Yeah, but my dad said, can't we all just get along? Jesus is letting Mary know that his obligation is to his father. His father. And this can be difficult for us too. Our obligation to God is more important than our obligation to our spouse, than to our children, to our parents, to our greater family, to our friends, to our government, to ourselves. Our obligation is always to him first. This is oftentimes why we lose Jesus because we leave him behind because we're trying to please everybody around us rather than trying to please God. Our mindset needs to be, God, whatever you want, wherever you lead me. And sometimes that's confusing. And sometimes it's difficult. And sometimes it causes strife within our family, even Christian family. I remember when I first started going to Calvary Chapel and I was on fire for the Lord, my Christian family thought I was pretty weird. They did not like it at all. And they pushed against it. We think you've joined some cult. I mean, they had a family intervention and everything. Not long before, they were all going to Calvary Chapel too because you catch on fire and other people catch on fire too. But that was the thing, you know, they weren't, why are you reading your Bible all the time? 
Why are you always praying? Why do you care so much about your religion? And they're Christians, right? <laughs> Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34? He says, Do not think that I came to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves his father and mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves his daughter, or son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those are some strong words. He's not saying that you're to hate your, 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 your kids or your wife or your husband or your, your parents. He's saying that you need to love me more. That relationship is more important. And sometimes that's the rub for us, isn't it? But notice he says, take up your cross. He says, you're, you're to love me more than you love yourself, than your own life. Another thing that stands out in this passage really interesting is, he, he says, she said, your father and I, he says, my father's business, kind of like, you're not my real dad, Joseph, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> no, probably nothing like that. But certainly that wasn't Jesus' attitude. But in a way, making his obligations known to Mary and Joseph. This is, this is what I need to do. But then notice verse 50, it kind, of, just kind of turns. It says, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. I, 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 don't, I don't often understand what Jesus is saying either. And, and, and you know, as you, as you look at this, I'm glad that Mary and Joseph didn't get this. You know, because I don't always get it either. But I do know that God works everything together for good to those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose, even if I can't see it. I kind of have this attitude that I really need to understand it and I really need to be able to see it, God, because I don't want to go that way if, if it looks that bad. But the reality is, is, you know, even though we question God, we have to get before the Lord and, and sort those things out and, and realize that he's in control and that he has everything happening according to his will and plan, and that is the best plan for us. The other thing that this implies, and I think that this is really interesting for me as a Bible scholar and, and somebody who looks at Jesus' life and tries to dissect who Jesus is, is that Jesus was not too out of the ordinary. Why do we know that from this? Because if Jesus was constantly doing miraculous things or constantly doing crazy things, you know, like some of the apocryphal stories tell us that he was, you know, somebody made a bird out of clay and Jesus touched it and it became alive. Or, you know, it's just weird stories that, they, that are written about Jesus that aren't true. You know, you, you would think that Mary and Joseph were like, what is the boy wonder up to now? Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.